chapter number 5. Song of Solomon tonight, chapter number 5. We'll read here, pick up reading where we left off the other night, and with the help of the Lord, try to preach. I want to say I appreciate uh, the privilege this week of getting to be here in the meeting. I appreciate Pastor Beard inviting us to come, and this church has been a friend to us and opened the doors to let us come. And I was sitting here thinking a while ago about the different preachers that are here tonight. I appreciate uh, Brother Clower letting me preach for him and, and Brother Donnie Harvey letting me preach for him and the Brother Reno's letting me come his way and preach. And I want to thank all these pastors, others that have here, are here. Now, I'm serious. I'm thankful for uh, the Lord just letting me have a little part. I thought about the Bible said over there in, the, in the Proverbs, uh, a man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. I appreciate uh, the little gift, whatever God's given me, and I appreciate him letting me be become before great men, great women. And I appreciate what you did tonight. I want to say thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, the Lord only knows we, how we can use that to help on that. Thank you for what you did. Now, each night, I've tried to be very consistent about this in this meeting. Each night as I've ascended those stairs to preach, and I've only preached at night, but each night as I've come up, I did preach Sunday morning. I thought in my heart, Brother A.J., I said, Lord, help me to ascend those stairs like I want to come down those stairs in just a few minutes. I mean, every night when my foot would start up those, I'd say, Lord, help me to go up like I'm going to want to come down in just a little while. I remember an old preacher talking about that. Young preacher went up, and uh, he had a little certain idea about how it was going to turn out. And when he came down, he went down humbly seemingly it bombed out and it didn't do what he thought it was going to do and an older preacher said son if you'd have went up like you come down he said it might have made a difference and I want to say thank you tonight to the choir that was in their place each night brother Rick and sister April and our sister that played the organ you know I was thinking brother Rick's daughter has been sick today and yet he come to the service tonight sister April and and miss Hester and these have went through this today with Micah and yet they're here tonight I appreciate that. I'm saying that's saying a lot fun that come tonight after the sickness. And all of you that have been faithful, then I thought about those that prepared the meals and those that were cleaning the church house and a lot of background activity going on. It takes a lot to make a camp meeting. And a lot of people don't get seen and they don't get the applause or the pat on the back. But I want to say thank you. Even our men that work the sound room and upstairs making tapes I know about this, and I especially know about that cooking part, not that I do any, but uh, my wife helps head that up at our camp meeting at Bays Mountain. There's a lot goes into this, and I want to say thank you from the depths of my heart. Now, you remember Brother Thomas made the statement the other night. He mentioned it either in the morning or night. He mentioned about liberty and how the Spirit of God gives us liberty. And he said the man of God gets a lot of liberty as the people of God give it to him. So I pray tonight that you'll give me liberty, okay? I bring your mind in, corral your mind, drive out all the other thoughts and what we got to do tomorrow and everything, and let's focus on this tonight. And You give me liberty, and then I'll do my best to bring the message I feel like God's laid on my heart. Never before, never before in a meeting of any kind I've ever preached every night out of the same, uh, I guess the same book or the same passage or along these lines. But I've enjoyed it on Sunday morning and Sunday night. And then again on, what was it, Tuesday night? I've lost track of time too. Whenever it was, I preached again. But tonight, in the Song of Solomon, chapter number 5, let's look here 
in uh, verse number, well, we'll pick up reading in verse number, let's start with verse 6. Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse number 6. And the scripture here, it's her speaking, it's the bride speaking. We'll call her the bride. And you remember how that uh, he had appeared to her and uh, the door was shut. Remember where we were the other night? Some of you are visiting, but most of you remember. Those by radio, some of them maybe were listening. But in chapter number 5, you'll find that he shows up, he knocks at the door, puts his hand in by the door latchet, and she's in the bed, she's comfortable, she's at ease. And when she finally decided to get up, the Bible said here that he was gone. Brother Ray, I pray, probably will need a little bit of water, please. Thank you. And uh, when she got up to go to that door, uh, he was gone. He had withdrawn himself, the Bible said in verse 6. Let's read here in verse 6. She said, I opened to my beloved, but my beloved hath withdrawn himself and was gone. My soul failed when he spake. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. And we talked about that in the light of revival and how God knocks at a heart's door and God knocks at a church's heart's door about this means of revival. Then in verse number 7, she begins to reply here, the watchmen that went about the city found me. They smote me. And they wounded me, the keepers of the walls took away my veil from me. That's out there, she's out there looking for a beloved. She's probably calling for him in the night season. And she said in verse 8, I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved, that you tell him that I am sick of love. Now it doesn't mean that she's had so much love that she's sick of it. It implies here she's sick for the need of love. She's desiring love and to the point that she's sick. Do you understand what she's saying? Do you understand what I'm trying to say here? She said, I charge you, O you daughters of Jerusalem, thank you, brother, that if you find my beloved, that you tell him I am sick of love. In other words, I am sick for love. And brother, I tell you, when we as a church and when we as individuals get sick for the love of God and we desire him to move on us and to kiss us and to touch us and, and when we get that desire in us, I tell you something's going to happen now, friend. And oh, she had delayed. Sure she did. She stayed in that bed. She didn't respond when she should have. But when she got up, Brother Reno, and she went to that door and found him gone, and she got out there seeking him and calling on him, and, and then all of a sudden here, she said, Oh, daughters of Jerusalem, she said, if you, if you see him, tell him that I am sick of love. I want you to tell him tonight, if you see him before I do, and if you find him somewhere for before I do, would you tell him that I'm sick of love? I'm sick for love, and I desire an audience with him in these days. And look at verse number nine. The daughters of Jerusalem replied to her, and they said in verse nine, what is thy beloved more than any other beloved? Brother Everett, I can see her out there. She's a crying, she's a squalling out, and, and crying for her beloved. And, and uh, now these girls, these ladies, if you will, the daughters of Jerusalem, and they said, Shulamite girl, they said, what is your beloved? Uh, more than any other beloved. Uh, and friends, she begins to answer them in this passage of scripture. Uh, they said, what is thy beloved? More than any other beloved. Uh, 
Oh, thou fairest among women. Praise God, I like the way they said that about her. You see, I see the church in this. I see a picture of the bride of Christ. And they said, oh, thou fairest among women. You want to know who's the fairest among the women? It's not, don't go to the witch and look in the mirror like the old witch in the fairy tale did and said, who's the fairest in all the land? I'll tell you who the fairest woman in all the land is, friend. It's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I feel a touch of preaching coming on now. Thank you for giving me some liberty. Would you give me a little more and help me now? They said, oh, thou fairest among women, what is thy beloved more than another beloved that thou dost so charge us? And friends, ladies and gentlemen, she began to reply. She began to describe him and began to talk about her beloved. Oh, would to God that we'd leave this camp meeting and his name would be in our hearts as an ointment poured forth and we'd go out a God gossiping it and telling it and telling this world about our beloved, about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm trying to read my text without preaching, but it's hard to do. I wanted to say a few things, but I believe I'm going to kick over into preaching before I get there. She said, my beloved is white and ruddy, the chiefest among 10,000. She said, his head is as the most fine gold, his locks are bushy and black as a raven. She said, his eyes are as the eyes of doves. Now, you got to understand, she's full of Love it. She loves him now. She said, by the rivers of waters washed with milk and fitly said, his eyes are as a bed of spices, as sweet flowers, his lips like lilies, dropping sweet smelling myrrh. Can you smell him yet? I'm talking about our beloved. Can you smell him yet? His hands are as gold rings set with the barrel. His belly is as bright ivory overlaid with sapphires. His legs are as pillars of marble set upon sockets of fine gold. His countenance is as Lebanon, excellent as the cedars. His mouth is most sweet. Lord, how mercy she has an explosion right here. And she said, yea, yea, he is altogether lovely. She said, this is my beloved. And I like this. She said, and this is my friend, oh, daughters of Jerusalem. Thank God he's our beloved tonight, and yet he is our friend. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege just to carry everything to God in prayer. He's our friend tonight. Now she's, she's describing her lover, her beloved. But I'm telling you, I'm seeing a picture of Christ this afternoon as I was reading and praying over this passage of Scripture. Now I want to be kind of, you know, 
like I wanted to be. I wanted to put forth myself like I'd studied a little bit and I wanted to sound like I had a little wisdom. I found out in the Pentateuch we see the first glimpses of Christ. That's a fancy word for the first five books of the Bible. We see the first glimpses of Christ. In the historical books we have the fourth shadowings of Christ. In the Psalms we have the feelings of our blessed Lord. In the prophets we have the fourth tellings of Christ. In the gospel we have the facts of Christ. In the epistles we have the fullness of Christ. In the revelation we have the finality of Christ. But it's as though here in the song of Solomon we see the face of our Lord Jesus Christ. We seem as this a bride describes her beloved. Oh, you know, you say, Brother Buster, what are you driving at? Do you remember the Lord Jesus in Matthew chapter number 12, verse 42, when he said, Behold, a greater than Solomon is here. I tell you what I'm seeing right here. Behold, a greater than Solomon. Behold, a greater than Solomon is being described here. This Bible is God's hymn book. Amen. It's all about him. And here in the Song of Solomon, I see a greater revelation of our beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray tonight that the Lord would anoint our eyes with heavenly eyes, that, that we might seem like we've never seen him before and might peep through the lattice, might peep through the lattice and see him and behold him and love him more dearly than ever, ever before. Now, notice, I want to primarily use in verse number 16 that this statement that she made when she said that she said there he is altogether lovely. You're talking about an expression now. She gets overwhelmed with her own description of him and she burst forth and said that yay. He is altogether lovely. Have you ever felt like saying that? I mean, when you got enraptured with him and you saw him in a song, I've seen him in these songs that they've sung all week. I've seen him in them songs Sisterino sings. They may be quieter songs and they may be the godly hymns of the church, but I've seen him in them songs that she sings, friend, and I've heard him, I've seen him in preaching this week. I've seen him walking in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I've seen him in different ways this week in revival preaching. I've heard him and I've seen him in our midst this week. But here she gets overtaken and she explodes in a mighty crescendo and she said, yea, daughters of Jerusalem, he is altogether lovely. Is our Lord like that to us tonight? Is he altogether lovely? I see a lot of people, they view the earth and they view the things of this world and they talk about the splendor and the grandeur and the beauty but all children of the Lord may it be so that when we view him we'd say to everyone else he's altogether lovely there's none like him now let's dissect with the help of the Lord tonight this phrase that she gives us when she said yea 
He is altogether lovely. Now, in the Song of Solomon, chapter number one, it did say that his name, because of the savor of thy good ointment, thy name is as an ointment poured forth. And I pray the Holy Ghost would pour forth some anointment tonight of his name. And that myrrh would get on us and we'd leave out of here smelling like him. Amen. I've heard them old time preachers now. I've heard them talk about being in those meetings when you could smell him. You could smell him. Now, I don't know that I know all that there's a talking about, but they've been further along than I have, and they'd get to talking about he's here. I can smell him. I mean, they had them eyes way out yonder somewhere, and there's a saying, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And then they'd get to saying, I smell him. I smell him. I'm going to tell you what he probably smells like. The Rose of Sharon and the Lily of the Valley and that sweet murder friend. Oh, that he would pour forth his ointment in our midst tonight and we'd see him. Now, here we go. We're going to dissect this. God, the Holy Ghost, please help me tonight. Number one, he, she said, yay, yay. I want to say from this word, yea, here's a mighty affirmation. Now you say, preacher, what are you talking about? An affirmation. It means an evidence. It's mighty proof. It's mighty confirmation. She said, yea. Boy, I like that when somebody's a preacher. And they'll say this, yea. Yea about him. Yea about him. I mean, she said, yea. Yea. It simply implies more than this. More than this, she said, yea, he is altogether lovely. Now, when you think about this, it speaks of an overpowering emotion. I mean, she's been caught up in her description of him and about her beloved and her lover, and now she's enraptured. And she said, yea, yea, daughters of Jerusalem, more than this, he is altogether lovely. It speaks of an overpowering emotion. Now they've charged her and they've asked her, what is thy beloved more than any other beloved? And friends, she describes him. She looks at him and he's away from her now, but she's seen him, she's known him and she begins to describe him and then she bursts forth with emotion and begins to cry out, yay, yay. I like it when we get in them meetings and the Holy Ghost overtakes us. Now they say, Preacher Seaton, do you believe in being slain in the Holy Spirit? No, I believe in being overtaken by the power of God until you just have to say, yay. Yay, he's altogether lovely. I like it when the saints, now they may not say yay, but when they stand up and shout glory and the old time sisters get to clapping them hands and doing a holy dance, you know what they're saying? Yay, he's altogether lovely. I mean that there's, a, there's an emotion here, an overpowering emotion. But not only that, this yay speaks of an overwhelming affection. That she loves him. That he's her lover friend. And she said, yea, he is altogether lovely. The beloved is altogether lovely. Now when you look at his love, and when you begin to think about how he loved us, and how he gave himself for us, I mean his love, eternal love, divine love, and heavenly love, celestial love, Calvary's love, 
fills our heart at times uh, maybe through a message uh, maybe through a song uh, or maybe on your knees in prayer uh, and you draw close uh, to a bloody hillside called Calvary Free and, uh, and then all of a sudden uh, there's overwhelming affection uh, and in your heart you want to say yay, yay he's altogether lovely I'm telling you she's stirred here now she stirred, friend. There's an overwhelming affection. How much do we really love him tonight? How much do we really, really love him tonight? Oh, friend, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. God help me to love him more. I don't love him like I ought to, Brother A.J. If I did, I'd keep his commandments more. I can't say that I love him like some of you love him because I'm not keeping his commandments like I ought to. But I have a desire, and it's been, it's been flamed this week, and it's been kindled this week, and I've been drawn closer to him. And now my love says I want to keep more of his commandments. I want to do his will more than ever before. See, when we have a touch of revival, friend, that's what it'll do for us. It'll draw us back into that first love and back to Calvary's love, and we'll want to do his will more. Here's an overwhelming affection. But then there's something else here. You see this yea speaks of an overcoming devotion. I mean, it's, she's devoted to him. She loves him now. And she said, yea, he is altogether lovely. I mean, in this meeting, if God's helped any of us, then there ought to be more devotion, Brother Clower. There ought to be more devotion in us preachers. I mean, we ought to be more determined to preach and have the likeness of Christ about us. You know what God's doing for some of us? Listen, church. I tell you what God's doing for some of us. He's answering our prayers. I mean, he's answering our prayers. And we've said, Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Lord, make me more like you. And he's answering some of our prayers. And it's through much affliction. And it's through trials and testings. And he's answering our prayers. Now, this is when we get a little bit nervous. I mentioned that the other day when Watchman Nee, I read that, when Watchman Nee prayed and said, Oh, dear God, that as a young Christian, he said, I desire your best. That I want the very best that you have, God. And a few days later, months and weeks went by and everything in Watchman Nee's life turned upside down. His health failed him. Financial reversement. And his low, he was low in spirit. And he crawled back before God with a broken heart. And he said, oh dear God, I thought I asked for your best. And the Holy Ghost whispered to him in his heart and said, Watchman Nee, this is God's best to make you to be the best for God. So I'm going to tell you what God's doing for some of us. He's answering our prayers. But oh, friend, there ought to be an over, as it were, coming devotion in our life. If you could have slowed the Apostle Paul down long enough, I mean to have slowed him down from tent making and from, and from reasoning with the Jews on the Sabbath day, if you could have caught him long enough and said, Paul, what in the name of heaven is motivating you? He would say the love of Christ constraineth me he said the lie he would say the love of Christ like the gripping of a resting officer it has a hold of me if we've had any measure of revival church and churches there ought to be an overcoming devotion in our lives that'll say we're closer to God in the area of putting us on our knees devotion will put us back on our knees 
it'll rekindle the fire in our prayer closets. Amen, folk, it will. And I believe some of us have been stirred this week in that area. It'll strengthen us for the souls of men. I don't believe anybody has personal revival or church revival unless it begins to strengthen them for the souls of men. Has your heart been kindled this week toward a lost world, an unsaved world that's stumbling, blinded on the brink of hell? We were sitting there at the table the other day and Brother Clow and I were talking and others and he made mention, we've got to keep our eyes, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, we're to look unto Jesus as we've heard it preached this week, the often finish of our faith. But we better keep our eyes on the great commission of the church. We don't need to get sidetracked here and sidetracked there and sidetracked over here. We better stay after the great commission of the church. That's the truth, friend. And real revival will put a burden of fresh and new in our hearts for the lost. For the lost. For the lost. You can't get close to the Lord. You can't draw nigh to Him without you hearing the heartbeat of Him. And His heart beats for souls. For souls. For souls. And then you'll see that devotion will help lift us, help us to lift the heavy burden of others. Well, you can't help it if you get close to Christ and have a touch of revival. You're going to want to help somebody and bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. I tell you, so much has been going on this week and all these needs, and I try to pray about them and think about them. And I tell you, listen, there's one thing, now there's one thing, but there's a difference between worry and a burden. A worry, a worry will keep you from worshiping. A worry will hinder your worship. But a burden, you can still worship God and carry a burden. Did you know that? You can still have a burden and worship God. I tell you, I've got under that load with these people and people suffering and sickness and everything that's going on. I appreciate you getting in a, in a, under a burden for this situation tonight and all this. I believe if we have revival, it ought to help us. It ought to help us in this area of trying to help one another. And then you see this overcoming devotion. It'll help us. It will help us to put courage in our soul to fight the good fight of faith. Man, I tell you, I, I don't know how many preachers I know several this week that have said, Preacher Seaton, this meeting, talking to me just on the telephone, has put renewed fire back in my soul. I'm telling you, brothers, that I had one call me three or four times. He's been here every morning this week. He said, I don't know when. He said, I wasn't jumping pews, and I wasn't swinging from the chandeliers. But he said, I don't know when God has spoke to my heart as a pastor like he has in these morning meetings. And the night he said, God has spoke to me. So you see, strength's been going out to others. There's no telling who by the means of radio sitting out there shut in and maybe out there and can't get out and go, but they've received help and they've received strength. It ought to be that way in our lives. If we, hey, if we get close to him and if we can say, yay, he is the altogether lovely one, then it ought to put courage in our souls again to fight the good fight of faith. It'll cause us to be careful. Listen, it'll cause us to be faithful to his cause once again. I've got renewed, I've got renewed determination this week. Amen. Now, I don't know if I'm going to get to that other meeting or not accordingly, but if I do get down there, I believe I'm going to be a better preacher for that meeting. I believe I'm going to leave this atmosphere better stirred and better challenged than when I come into this meeting and I've got some new artillery to use 
Praise God. You say, preacher, you mean you're going to take some of them messages and re-hone them and rework them? Why, listen, if that other man's club, if that other man's bullet will shoot the devil between the eyes, you better believe I'm going to use it somewhere down the road, friend. I mean, if your stick will beat the devil, then I'm going to try to use your stick and use it to beat the devil too somewhere down the road. Amen. You see, she's, I, I, I'm getting a little off, but I'm back on that thing. Of, if we have a touch of revival, you know, it'll help us in these areas. I believe, I believe the people from Brother Reno's church will go back. Praise God, this one family can go back with a, with a more joyous heart that a boy was saved in this meeting and, and others that have been helped. And she said, yay, yay. This is a mighty affirmation. That, yay, she said, he. Well, let's look at this word he. Here's a precious revelation. I mean, you know who she's describing, don't you? Her beloved. She wasn't talking about no other boyfriends. She wasn't talking about no others. She is describing him and him alone. And I like this. She begins to describe him. She said, yea, he. Let me get me a drink here. See if this has been spiked anything. I ain't fell down dead yet. It's all right. Amen. All right. Now, the precious revelation, she describes him, he, yeah, he, he is altogether lovely. I got to looking down through here, and I know this is all elementary to you all. You all have studied this and dug all this out, but I tell you, it's a blessing to my soul. Look down through here as she describes his person in verse number 10. Now, see if we can make any references to our beloved. I mean, there's, behold, there's a greater than Solomon here tonight, folks. They said, greater than Solomon that we're looking at right here. She said, my beloved girl, she said, I'll tell you about him. She said, he's white and ruddy. Boy, she begins to say, he's white and he's ruddy. They tell us this word white here, it carries the idea to the point of dazzling, dazzling whiteness. And it has reference to our Lord's, to me it speaks of his sinlessness and his purity, friend. I tell you, the Bible said in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 26, for such a high priest became us who is holy and harmless and undefiled and separate from sinners and made higher than the heavens. I'm glad that he's white, pure white, sinless, the impeccable son of Almighty God. He's the sinless, spotless, flawless faultless son of God. He knew no sin. He did no sin. In him was no sin, friend. I beg to differ with this crowd that says Christ could have sinned if he had wanted to. He didn't want to. There wasn't a want to nature in him, friend. No, he was sinless. He was tipped in all points like as we are. Yet without sin, there was no sin nature. Hear him, friend. None whatsoever. He was the impeccable, flawless, perfect son of Almighty God. She said he's white. And then she said not only is white, but she said he's ruddy. They tell us that word ruddy carries the idea of rosy red, a rosy red tint to him. Boy, can you see him? She said he's white. And boy, she said, I tell you, he's kind of got a red tint to him. 
I tell you, that white speaks of his sinlessness. And to me, this greater than Solomon, this ruddy complexion, hallelujah, speaks of him being that sacrifice. Hanging at the cross of Calvary. And as he was red and the blood flowed down his body, Thank God that he's altogether lovely to us that can see him through anointed eyes and through saved eyes. I say he's ruddy, but not only that, she begins to describe his character now. Watch this. I like this. This is a blessing to me, and I saw this. She said, girls, she said he's the chiefest among 10,000. She said he's the chiefest among 10,000. Now, she's saying a mouthful, ladies and gentlemen. She has done with and said a mouthful. Now, you know what they were thinking? They were thinking, well, boy, he must really be something if he's the chiefest among 10,000 men. But she didn't say he was the chiefest. Notice how the Holy Ghost had Solomon to pin this down in his song. She didn't say he was the chiefest among 10,000 men. She said he was the chiefest of 10,000. Uh, I like this. You say, preach, what is this word chiefest? It means to carry a standard. To carry a standard by this beloved. It means to raise a conspicuous flag. That's what it means, to be highly conspicuous. You see what I'm trying to say? When she pointed him out, she said, when you find him, she said, you ain't going to have no problems identifying him because it'll be as though a standard goes up and a flag goes up and you'll see him above all the others. Hallelujah. I say he's the vital one, the key one. He's the head one, the leading one, the premier one. He's the absolute one, the dominant one, the principal one. He's the supreme one, the unsurpassed one. When you get to talking about him, friend, I say there's a flag goes up and said there's none like him. None like him in all this universe. I started to say, world, that there's none like him in this world or all the other worlds. That There's none like him in heaven. There's none like him in hell. There's none like him nowhere. There's a flag goes up. He's highly conspicuous. He's the chiefest among 10,000. Now I got to thinking about this. Hallelujah. Go out there. You ever seen them good dark nights? Them good dark nights when it felt like the heavens was way down here close to you? Ever been out there with them stars? You felt like you just reach up and grab one and you can see looking at 10,000 all at one time. See if you can get 10,000 stars in your eyes all at one time. And if you can get you 10,000 stars and if you could bring him out and he would show up, glory to God. I tell you, you're talking about he's the star that outshines all other superstars. Praise God, he's the bright and the morning star. Why, if he showed up, 10,000 stars would bow their heads and there'd be a flag go up by him that would say he's the chiefest among 10,000. Why, if you could get 10,000 roses in this building tonight, now, I guess we could. This is a pretty good auditorium because it's a good size auditorium. Let's get us 10,000 roses in full bloom. Get us 10,000 roses and bring them in here and lay them out. And then let's not only lay them out, let's crush them. We'd really get to smelling good. And I mean that odor's everywhere. And you open the doors and sin. They could smell them out there. 
get us 10,000 roses in here. I mean, get you 10,000 times 10,000 times 10,000 times 10,000 and get all you can find that ever has been, ever will be and get them all together and let him show up and there'd be a flag go up by him that would say he is the rose of Sharon. He's the rose that outsmells all of the roses. She said he's the chief Get you 10,000 sons. 10,000 sons out there. They tell us our sun. I was trying to remember what that was 100,000 times bigger than our earth. And our earth is 25,000 miles in circumference. And they tell us our sun is 100,000 times bigger than our earth. And they tell us that there's suns out there that are millions of times bigger than our sun that's out there. That's 100,000 times bigger than our earth, which is 25,000. You didn't think I'd keep all that in this little brain, did you? I mean, listen, and to get all them suns out, get you 10,000 suns in all their glory and all their dazzlement and bring our Lord out on dress parade. And he's the son of righteousness that'll rise one day with healing in his wings there'd be a flag go up and say he's the chiefest he's the conspicuous one there'd be a flag go up by him say there's none like him hallelujah glory look at 10,000 lilies get you 10,000 lilies and their whiteness and the little yellow bell on the inside get you 10,000 lilies with the dewdrops glistening on them as they lean over and lay down and drink of the nectar that falls off of them. Get your t- I'm having a good time. This ain't, I didn't study it like this, but it's just coming out this way. Get this on tape. I want to hear it one day. And I mean laying down underneath them 10,000 lilies and, and the sun lights on them and the dewdrops are, dewdrops are glistening and, and they're laying down. And, and Lord, you say there ain't nothing like this. And let him show up. Let our Lord show up. And listen, he's the lily of the valley. He's that lily of the valley, friend. Hallelujah. That blue. That blooms. I got to do this. I got to do this. Mm. I'm going to come back up here. I'm glad I come up the way I want to go down. Hallelujah. Mm. Lord, pour forth your ointment upon your saints tonight. His name is as a precious ointment. Look at 10,000 princes and kings and all their glory and all their pomp and all their array. Why, here comes Solomon down and his bed's perfumed with spices and 60 valiant men are carried and toting Solomon's bed and he's just one king and all the glory in the array. Get you 10,000 kings and 10,000 princesses and all their pomp and their glory and let King Jesus come on the scene friend. He's the king of kings and the lord of lords. There's none like him. That flag goes... He's the chiefest. She said, yay! He. She gets in verse 11. And I believe she's struggling now to keep her composure. She said, his head is as the most fine gold. She said, there's something about when I look at his head overall. It's got the gleam of gold to it. I believe that gold speaks of deity, doesn't it? Doesn't that gold kind of speak of deity and power? unsurpassed I see him there 
she's identifying as it were to me there's a beholder greater than Solomon this is talking about his kingship it's talking about his deity friend she said his head's gold huh that's that's talking about our Lord being being God and Philippians 2 is the greatest commentary on this that we could ever find anywhere when Paul the Apostle through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost said let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be with God but made himself of no reputation took upon himself the form of a servant and humbled himself and became obedient even unto death and then it said wherefore God hath highly exalted him you know I look down through those verses and here's what I see his deity is there the Bible said who being in the form of God his deities in those verses in Philippians 2 his co-equalities there who thought it not robbery to be equal with God and then you see something else his humanity is there but made himself the Bible said of no reputation oh would to God that the mind of Christ would be about me right here that I would seek no reputation among men or among people our Lord made himself of no reputation then the Bible said and took upon him the form of a servant. You see his humanity. Then you see his humility. And being, the Bible said, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. But then you see his agony in verse 8. The Bible said in being obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, then his majesty, wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, then his sovereignty, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue could confess to the glory of God that Jesus Christ is Lord, friend. I tell you, he is head. I see a greater than Solomon here. Our Lord's head is as gold. He's gold in the heavens. He's deity in the heavens. And yet you'll find him to be deity while he was here on this planet. Hey, you see here his head, she describes it. Then notice she gets to talking about his hair. She said, girls, I tell you how he looks. She said his, his locks are bushy. Doesn't that sound like a lady describing her lover? She said, girls, his locks are bushy. Bushy. Got curls in them, bushy. Not some kind of permanent wave curl, all them them thing no but just bushy his locks are bushy and black as a raven <laughs> you all know what kind of hair color hair I believe our Lord had when he's on this planet it's black as a raven black as a raven and I believe he had bushy hair not long hair not long hair he had bushy hair you know it's something else I see here too that raven that raven was an unclean bird wasn't it and that right Leviticus eleven thirteen. And these that are they which shall be an abomination among the fowls, every raven after his kind. Now you say, preacher, what are you saying? Well, the Bible said here, she said his, his locks are bushy and black as a raven. That black hair of our Lord signifies when he was on the cross to me. That cross was upon him and it pictures the curse being put upon him. And he's bearing our sins in his own body. We see him there in his youth being cut off in his very youth at 33 and a half years old. But hallelujah, when you see him in Revelation chapter 1, 
Praise God, his hair's as white as wool. I mean, son, you see him there, and his hair's like white as wool, as white as snow, friend. This suggests his hair before the cross, and then after the cross, and it speaks of his eternal youth. I believe our Lord, when we see him and behold him, we'll see him in that glorified state, and then we'll see him like the amazed disciple saw him also, friend. I believe we'll see him Always in heaven. Maybe at sundry times like flipping a switch, he'll show us himself in all of his glory. And then he'll show us himself as the Emmaus disciples, as he showed up behind closed doors, as he said, Fill up me, Thomas. Fill up me. Hallelujah, friend. I see here his hair. Then she begins to talk about his eyes. His eyes are the eyes of doves. You ever look out? You ever watch them doves? You ever watch them doves? I'm going to tell you something. I ain't going to harp at no dove hunters. I ain't going to get on you about it. I just can't shoot them. I can't shoot no dove. But old John shot one one day down at the house. and He brought that thing up there and said, Daddy, I got a dove, got a dove. Boy, it broke my heart. I said, son, I said, you need to understand. Doves mate for life, boy. Doves mate for life. They mate for life. And I said, son, there's a little dove out there somewhere. It ain't going to have a mate. Never will have a mate. Lord, he's tender hearted. He got squalled and I got squalled. And I didn't mean to put it on him that much, you know. But you ever seen them doves just sit there in the yard? You ever seen them just look that dove's eyes? So gentle, so peaceful. Huh? Serenity about them dove eyes. And she said, his eyes are the eyes of doves. I'm glad our Lord ain't worried about nothing tonight. I'm glad our word, Lord ain't a fretting and a cutting his eyes this way and that way and wondering what's going to happen, how's it going to all turn out. Praise God, there's a peacefulness about our Lord tonight. <laughs> Amen. His eyes are the eyes of doves by the rivers of waters washed with milk and fitly set. Now you understand she's describing her beloved. She said he's got those pupils like doves and his, the, the white around his eyes is like, like it's been washed with milk. And she said there's fitly set, evenly set. I'm just getting this now. Evenly said, her beloved's eye. You know, one eye wasn't up a little bit, one eye wasn't down a little bit, one eye didn't look this way a little bit, one eye didn't look this way. I know, I'm not, I mean, I have problems with some of that. Sometimes my eyes will get to twitching, and I have a nerve problem in there, and Barbara will tell me they'll get to twitching and darting and cutting. But when she looked at her beloved, she said, His eyes are even. They're just as even, peaceful and serenity. I'm glad there's something even about our Lord. I, I'm glad our Lord's balanced. Praise God, I'm glad we got a balanced God. He ain't unbalanced in any of his attributes. He's not improperly balanced. He's God and he's absolute balance. I see here the love of Christ, the compassion of Christ. Behold a greater than Solomon now. Chapter 5, verse 13, she said his cheeks are as a bed of spices. Boy, I bet he smelt good, didn't he? Some of y'all been nudging me about that needle me. I bet you he smelled good. She said his cheeks. She'd been up there close to him too. She'd been right up against them cheeks. She said his cheeks are as a bed of spices. And she said as sweet flowers. Boy, he must have had something all really good, didn't he? Huh? He must have had on some Moab madness or something. I don't know what he had on. He had on something good. She said his, she said his cheeks are as a bed of spices. Have you ever felt like you could get so close to him that you just brushed his cheek? Just brushed his cheek. A bit of spices. Oh, Lord. And his sweet flowers. 
they, they tell us the idea of these spices is that fragrance and sweet odor. And that sweet flowers, it means piled up in a tower, a tower of piled up flowers. She said, that's what his cheeks are like. You ever had him to get close to you and he's getting ready to plant a kiss on your soul? You ever been in there with him in that communion in the Holy Ghost? And you felt him getting closer. You are getting closer. He is getting closer. You are getting closer. He's getting ready to get, give you one of them good old times. Mm. I've seen old Pat Paul Rice, and I've seen him have some preaching. Mm. Have you ever had him to do it? And he gets real close. Like a bed, like a bed of, like a tower of flowers. His cheeks are as a bed of spices as sweet flowers. Huh. Then she said his lips, girls, she said, I won't tell you about his lips. She said his lips are like lilies, like those lilies dropping sweet-smelling myrrh. Praise God, he must have been using some more kind of toothpaste. He must have had some more kind of mouthwash, you hear me? And I know I'm getting a little humorous here, but she is describing the romance and the love of her lover's lips. She said they're like lilies dropping sweet-smelling myrrh. Hey, behold, a greater than Solomon's here. Hallelujah. Mm, this speaks of the purity of our Lord's speech. His sweet-smelling myrrh. Do you see it? His, the Bible said his, li his lips are like lilies. Remember that lily while ago? We had it turned upside down. Them lilies, Easter lilies turned upside down. That little yalla in it and, and, the, and the dew drops are glistening on it. And the fragrance coming off of it. Can you imagine getting close enough to the Lord Jesus in your communion in the Holy Ghost? You say, preacher, you ever had him to kiss you? Oh, she said over here, she said, uh, she did say that. She said in chapter 1, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Some people, I don't know, now the Bible, she, I know what she's talking about, her lover, but behold a greater than Solomon's here. Ever had him kiss you? You ever known the kiss of reconciliation? Have you ever known the kiss of pardon? You remember when he saved your soul that day? Little did you know he planned a kiss on you that you won't never get over. You'll be, you, ever, you remember now getting, Lord, this is awful, but some of us did do this before we got saved, and we kissed our lover before we got married. And you remember before you did that, and you'd walk around, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Oh, you know, you know, yeah, don't look at me like that. Yeah, some of you done, you did that before you got saved too. Now get up and look at me. Don't y'all look at me, Brother Ray, like that. And you went around, oh, me. Oh, my, I kissed her. I kissed her. Oh, me, I, I kissed her. You remember that when you was young? You remember when you first got your first kiss from your little old girlfriend? And you kissed her. You just kissed her on the cheek. And you went running off of here. Yeah, I remember that, Brother Cooney. Can you remember that? Kissed that little old girl first time. Oh, Brother A.J., you're grinning. Hey. Lord, have mercy. Done tore the mic up now. Put me on automatic pilot. I'm about to get on automatic pilot here. You remember when he first kissed you with the kiss of pardon? You remember when he first kissed you with the kiss of reconciliation and saved you? And under God, you went around, oh, Lord, hallelujah, glory. Get to service and somebody say, we're going to sing Amazing Grace. Glory, hallelujah, he saved me, preacher. He did do it. 
some of us that yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, I'm glad did. You know, they all stirred up. We used to act the same way. Oh, God, I'm about to get carnal. That old song said, and he kissed me. And he kissed me. Boy, praise God, I felt his kiss over there the other morning. I felt him kiss me over there again in prayer. I say, Lord, kiss me with the kisses of your mouth. If I've got to die, Lord, kiss me to death. Let me explode in glory. Just let me just blow wide open. Smother me, Lord, with the kisses of your mouth. This thing's going to start craving mad. we got to have this. <laughs> I thought he was going to kiss me. <laughs> I thought he was going to try to kiss me. I thought Brother Ray done got drunk. <laughs> Give me that thing. You're nervous than I am. <laughs> Put me on automatic. Let's marry this thing. up there and he kissed me you remember that you remember when he when you remember them days some of your grandmas remember you'd be in there doing them dishes you'd be washing them dishes in there and you'd get to singing blessed assurance Jesus is mine oh what a foretaste of glory divine and then you just get them moist tears in your eyes now you're going through a valley going through some trials Holy Ghost to come up close and just say, kiss you and say, I know where you at, I know what you're going through. Wow, water go one way, dishes go up in there. And he kissed me. I want him to kiss me in these days. We need to say, Lord, kiss me. Kiss me. We need to come into service having got some kisses in the Holy Ghost. We get here. You know what she said? She said your kisses are better than wine. Well, I thought I had some good times out yonder on wine. I'll be honest with you. I thought I had some good times. Blue plaguing, vomiting, throwing up, regurgitating, you know, puking, whatever you want to call it, which is wherever you went to school at, you know. Y'all didn't read that till you got up there and heard somebody else say it, regurgitate. You didn't know what that was. <laughs> thought we was having a good time out yonder, eyes crossed and Bumping in, knocking each other down, all that stuff. She said, listen, she said, I'll tell you something. His kisses are better than wine. Said, I've had some that put me in orbit. I've had him kiss me a few times. It sent me in another world. Lord, to God, LSD didn't come close to where I've been. I'm telling you, speed and all that stuff, I'm it didn't come close to where I've been a time or two. I'd like to put that on tape somehow and put it in my heart and play it every now and then when, he, when, he, when I heard that song the first time. Arise, my love. I thought he was going to kiss me to death. I was so dark I couldn't drive the car. I said, somebody's going to have I lost my keys in the service, lost my coat. And I was ringing, sopping wet. And you say, preacher, you're crazy. I'm telling you, he was a black kisses on me. Y'all been there a time or two. We're halfway about embarrassed to tell about it. It's surreal. My mom was talking about that the other night coming down here. She ain't never going to forget that, Brother Ray. She saw you in that meeting down at Brother Jess and was in that meeting and God passed through that night. And Brother Ray, Ray, Dr. Beard, you know, I mean, he got, I mean, that head was set. And them eyes was set out yonder and that jaw was set. Now, I mean, God's everywhere and looked like he is awaiting in knee-deep water going across through there back and forth. God was everywhere. 
wonder if he'd come around no more if we'd say, Lord, kiss me. Kiss yeah. me, Lord, kiss me. I ain't ever going to get all this out. I'm thinking now about Ruth. I'm plumb over in the book of Ruth. I've got Ruth in chapter 3 when Naomi said, Oh, Ruth, I tell you what you need to do, Ruth. You need to wash yourself and you need to anoint yourself, Ruth. Wonder what she put on herself. Now she washed, took a good bath. Then she anointed herself. Wonder what she put on. She sure enough might have had some of that Moab madness when she put it on. And she anointed herself and she put on clean garments and he said, she said, now you go down there, Ruth, and you lay yourself down at the feet of Boaz. You lay your down at the place of submission and you wait on him. Glory to God. And Brother Bidness picked up about midnight and old Boaz rose up and said, who is this? And she said, you're a near kinsman redeemer, Boaz. Spread your skirt over me. He said, I'm going to do it. I'm telling you, hallelujah. Wonder what it'd do if we'd come in and wash ourselves in the holy place and get all cleaned up and put on good anointment and say, Lord, I'll, I'm making myself available. Lord, do you smell me? I've been in the secret place. I've washed myself. And I got on my garments of worship. And Lord, I want you to kiss me. Lord, we'd need a, we'd need a policeman in here. The direct traffic. Y'all give me this liberty and I'm just taking it now. You ain't going to get it back. Y'all give it to me while I go and you ain't going to get it back. I got to hurry, Holy Ghost. His hands, she said. Girl, she said, when you see his hands. Oh, I left that part, part of that verse out of his lips. Them officers went over there to apprehend Jesus. You know, they sent Hendry, Sanhedrin court, sent them over there in the Jewish synagogue. They went over there to get Jesus. You know, them big old soldiers went over there to get the Lord. They got over there and they heard him talking. They heard him speaking. And I tell you, his voice, and off of those lips, and there's words coming out. They come back spellbound, stargazing. They said, where's he at? Why didn't you bring him? Where? They said, never a man spake like this man. Never a man spake like this man. Have you heard him speak? Have you heard him speak to you before? Hey, nobody speaks like him. Hey, nobody speaks like him. His hands. She said his hands, girls, are as gold rings set with barrel. I had to read all this and get to digging and searching and I found out that these, the gold, you know, a gold ring? His hands are as, his hands are as, uh, the Bible said, a gold rings. A gold ring, you know, look at this little ring here, and I can't see no beginning, I can't see no ending to it. I don't see where they started and where they finished it at. It's just, it's just round and round and round. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what I'm trying to say is it's just uh, no beginning, no ending to it. That's the way he is. He didn't begin at Bethlehem. He just appeared in a human body in Bethlehem, friend. You go far back as you can get back. And I don't know how far back there you can go, but you go back there as far, as far, as far as you can go, as far as that goes, Genesis 1-1. And he was there. He was right there. And you go back and go back and go back and go back till you can't go back no farther and he is still there. He always has been and he always will be. She said his hands are as gold rings said they're set with barrel set with a barrel stone like I found out there's something unique about this stone this word barrel implies a stone that never receives reflection from no other color it's not affected by any other shade or color of stone 
it's always the same color. I'm glad he's totally unaffected by what else is going on. Let storm clouds rise. Let manifold temptations arise. All he'll do is give manifold grace to offset the many colored manifold temptations. He's totally unaffected. She said his hands. Oh, when you get that ice have on just right, you say, Holy Ghost, put that ice have on. My spiritual eyes let me see. You'll say those hands, those nail-pierced hands, those bruised, those bleeding hands, those wounded hands, you'll say, yay, they're all together lovely. Then she gets down to his bosom, his abdomen. She describes his, his chest and his belly. She said, girls, his belly is as bright ivory, overlaid with sapphires. <laughs> this world thinks they've seen some things on LSD and speed and they've seen all these creatures coming out of the walls and they've seen all this. Oral Roberts sure missed it, didn't he? Saw, what was it, 900 foot Christ? Under the good Lord. I tell you, he missed it by, he missed it by eternal zillions of miles. 900 foot Christ. God have mercy. She said his belly is his bright ivory. The belly, the bowels, if you will. And his place of his heart's like bright ivory speaks of gleam and purity overlaid with sapphires sapphire has a blue color to it speaks of the heavens to me it speaks of it, the, the heavenlies his love is as bright ivory and as expansive and universal and comprehensive as the heaven of heavens glory I like that <laughs> that sounds good don't it his bosom where his heart's at where his heart's at is as expansive has the heavens. Have they measured them yet? Have they found out how wide the heavens are yet? Huh? Well, that's how expansive or reaching his love is. Glory. Then she said, girls, his legs. She said, I won't tell you, his legs are his pillars of marble. You ever went up there? You ever been to a church that had real pillars out yonder, marble pillars? You know, we, a lot of these churches had these pillars, you know, that go up in the front and they're fake. I mean, you know, there's block in there, but they ever, you know, and they got them things around them, them, uh, you know, those fake things that are pillars. I've slapped a many of them. That thing, you'll have to did it. If you ever go up to an old-fashioned church that's got a marble pillar and rear back slap in, you gonna know you slap something, friend. I mean, your toenails will ring and the logs tear on your head will ring out. You slap a marble pillar, son. That thing's there. You're talking about strength and stability. <laughs> she said, "Girls, I tell you, his legs are as bright." They're the strongest legs you've ever beheld. And she said they're overlaid. She said they're, they're set up on sockets of gold. Why, she said his feet, like she said they're set, them legs are set on sockets of gold. He's, he's gold in the heavens and he's gold on earth. He was deity in the heavens. He is deity on earth. He's so strong. He became my scapegoat and carried all our sins into the far off wilderness and they ain't never found them yet. And they ain't never going to find them. Hallelujah. Oh, she said, his countenance, verse 15, is as Lebanon. She's, she's, just, she's backing off from him now. She's giving an overall view of him. She just said, girls, his countenance is as Lebanon. They say that Lebanon over there, the mountain. I believe I saw that when I was in Israel a few years ago. It's denoted as the white mountain. Its summit is usually always crowned with a snow crest over there in Israel. 
outside of Israel, the mountain of the Lebanon. It's seemingly unsurpassed and unrivaled. And she said, girls, I'll tell you something. His countenance is, is Lebanon. He's just, just unsurpassed. He stands out among all them other mountains. And she said, uh, he's excellent as the cedars. Now, that don't mean nothing to us. But those cedars in that day, they tell me that they were unrivaled in height and foliage and odor. She said, I'm just trying to tell you, girls, when you see him, you'll recognize him. They none like him. Then we got a close, I got to get out of here. She said, his mouth. Now, she said, his mouth is most sweet. She said, girls, his mouth's sweet. Isn't his mouth sweet tonight? Isn't our Lord's mouth sweet tonight? He spoke to us from out of this book, his word this week. And his, his mouth is sweet. They tell us this word mouth, it implies more than the lips. It implies the palate back in the mouth. And it carries to me the idea of tasting of his love and of his grace and of his mercy. Mercy. No wonder old Billy Kelly used to get excited up at dad's church. No wonder I've seen my dad and most saints wall their eyes around. And I mean, there's way out yonder somewhere saying, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I was sitting back there as a sinner. I said, they've gone stark raving mad. They ain't nothing to taste. And I've heard them get to hollering, manners falling. They didn't say manner. They said manners falling. Manners falling. The manners falling around here. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I back off a little bit. I'm telling you, they, now that, they, that old-time worship come on the scene, it scared me now. I backed up. I didn't know what else was going on. But I knew that there's something holy, something's going on I couldn't explain. Now, I'm going to tell you something, bro. something else as a little boy sitting in them services. I'm going to tell you as a sinner boy, I knew when the Holy Ghost showed up. I knew when the Holy Ghost showed up. I knew there's someone else in that building. I mean, I could sense his presence. I didn't even know him. But I knew somebody else had come on the scene in that Brother, I'd draw back. I'd look and watch. Scared. I could sense that awareness. Somebody else was there. Scared me. Now I'm not scared. Now I know him. Now every now and then I can say, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Got the clothes. Got the clothes. His lips. That's the last one, wasn't it? That all of it? His lips. That all of it? Yeah. countenance is eleven excellence yeah his mouth is most sweet she said yay yay she said he I like this yay he is <laughs> think about it now behold a greater than Solomon's here she said yay he is they tell us this is what they call the thrilling consolation not he was not he used to be all he was for Preacher Jim Lowe back yonder. When I'd go over there when they were shut-ins, and old Preacher Lowe, God bless his soul, he had both legs cut off. Old Preacher Jim Lowe. I, you ever heard me tell about him, Brother Reno, Preacher Lowe? He had, he had sugar so bad, they started down there with them toes, and they cut them toes off, come back, and they amputated this leg, and they come back and had to amputate that other leg. They cut both his legs off, and I'd go there to see him. He'd be in that little old chair, and, and uh, he'd be in that little chair and he had them nubs and uh, Sister Juanita, she is about 80, 82 then. She preaches about 83. I'd go up on the front porch and there's an old screen door there and I'd take tapes to them and I'd take 
uh, tapes and go visit the shut-ins. That was my job. And I'd go over there, and I mean, it wasn't nothing to pull up and stand in the yard, and they didn't even know you was there, and you'd hear something. Wow! Wow! I thought she's left the eye on and the stove's on fire. Wow! You'd go in there, and she'd be going... Just room, room, room. Just, just four little old rooms. She'd be going in now. I'd open that screen door and preacher Lord had them nubs up in the air. He'd be waving them little nubs and waving that hand. He's as bald-headed as a cue ball. He'd be going like this. I'd say, preacher Jim, what's that? He said, we was reading in this large print New Testament where Jesus got up and said, Juanita's got more than she could handle. And there she'd go. Just him and her and the Holy Ghost. Hey, they didn't have a new car, didn't have a new house, couldn't even go to church. Had no better thoughts of getting any better, but they knew it was going to be better further on, further on. Thank God all that God was for them, He is for me tonight, and He'll be for your grand youngins. He is, He is. Not He used to be, but He is. He is. Well, what Grandma had, we can have. What Papa Mama shouted about, we can shout about. She said, yea, he is. And he still is. And he's going to be forever and ever and ever. I like that. She said, yea, he is. You're talking about getting excited. She's getting that way now. I believe her eyes are done set. I believe she's done got them hips on her, hands on her hips like old granny them used to do. And she's getting ready to burst. She said, yea, yea, he is. Yea, he is all together. You say, what does this mean? I got to look at that word and they tell me that word all together means all, whole, in all manner, completely, totally, perfectly, utterly, exhaustively, entirely. He is uh, I mean, he is all together. I mean, she's not run out of descriptive words, but she just can't say it no more. It's got beyond saying it. And she just said, girls, girls, he is all together, all together. All together, she said, he's all together. He's all together. Mm. Oh, that they tell us unlimited qualification. Don't that sound like a good outline? Unlimited qualification. She said he's all together. Then she said there's this word lovely. Lovely. I believe that's when she blew wide open. She said, yea, oh, he's all together lovely. The affectionate exclamation. Mm, I, this Bible said, yea, he is all together Lord, isn't he lovely? Isn't he lovely? And you, you, I know how it is, and I know, I know how it is. I tell you, I know how it is. I know how it is. I wish I could say this, so Reuben Fields used to say, I wish I could say this like I want to say it. It's in my heart. I wish I could say it like I want to say it. I know how it is. When you up here, and you get in that liberty, and he gives you liberty, and I ain't a fuss at y'all because y'all ain't going with me like I'm a-going. But when you get in that anointing and you get in there and, and it's on you, you know. I mean, he's in you and he's a preacher in, and, it, and he, he is all again. And, and you know, when you get to preaching, it's that way with you. I might not be up there as far as you up, but he is lovely, isn't he? I tell you, he is lovely. 
Lord, have mercy. He's lovely. Oh, he's lovely. Oh, he's lovely. 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 They tell me old brother Joe Parson made this statement one night. They tell old, they say, now I never saw him preach, but I've heard him preach on tape. He'd say some things that knock your mind a thousand miles high. He'd stretch your mind so far you'd think the band's going to break. He'd say things to make you think, get you digging. He said, you know what a sinner would do? He said, if a sinner knew what was going inside a good old-fashioned church, he said, a sinner would walk in the back door, take his hat off, and say, I won't bother nobody. Please let me sit down in the back pew. I just want to hear the bride of Christ sing love songs to her beloved. I got to meditating on that one day. Now, I've got Mrs. Torino singing them songs. Them songs, to me, somehow take me down deep. They take me down deep, and they make me get down humble, and they about drown me. They about drown, you know what I'm saying? With the preciousness of Christ. Hmm. I like that, and you named this morning, Brother Ray. Brother Lance Carpenter sang that song. What was that song? That song you mentioned, I wish I could think of that. That one he sings, that they call it a high churchy song. What, you remember, Miss, Miss April's gone. Brother Ray Branch missing it this morning. Uh, but I like that one too, I can't think of it. It may kick in in a minute. I can't believe all this is kicked in. But it may kick in in a minute. But I like that one too. Bring forth that royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. I can't remember that song. It was about a 16-year-old boy wrote that song. That one little aunt sings all the time. It's one of them, they call it a high church song. Son, it'll put you on your face. It's one of them holy songs. Can't get it coming clicking. But he's lovely anyway. He's lovely. Lovely. Well, I like it when his preachers get to preaching. And I can get connected with them when they're connected. I've heard old preacher James Langston, you know, preach a message, and I know him by heart. I know where he's going before he gets there. But when he gets in the Holy Ghost, if I can get in the Holy Ghost, he get liberty and I get liberty and he's a preaching, I mean, it just, I tell you, I see the loveliness of our blessed Lord. You know, well, we could begin to brag about how he's altogether lovely. You could, you could far supersede everything I've ever thought. But I thought about he's lovely in his atonement. He's lovely in his advocacy tonight. He's lovely is as the bomb of Gilead, as the bread of life. He's lovely in his Bible. Don't you find him lovely in his Bible? He's lovely in his death. He's lovely in his deity. He's lovely in his encouragement. He's lovely in his exaltation. He's lovely in his forgiveness and his faithfulness and his friendship. You know what I saw she said a while ago, and they sung that song a while ago, the choir did, and I tell you it jumped out at me. She said, girls, this is my beloved. This is my beloved, and this is my friend. Praise God. Have you ever had a better friend? Have you ever known a better friend than the Lord Jesus Christ? Lord, we could go from A to Z and from Z to A and go from everything, because, but he's altogether lovely. Can we say tonight, church, he's lovely? Can we say in our hearts tonight as a church, we exalt him, we adore him, we worship him, we bless him, we praise him, we gaze upon him, we love him, I say we'll seek no other, we'll love no other, we'll cling to no other, we'll want no other, we'll desire no other, we will have no other. I don't want no other. Hey, 
I like what she said in verse 16. Look at it, chapter 2. Back up a little bit. She said, my beloved is mine. And I am his. Can you say that tonight? Can you say I? She said, my beloved is mine. I am his. I like what she said in chapter 6, verse 3. I am my beloved. My beloved is mine. I like what she said in chapter 7, verse 10. I am my beloved. Listen to this one. And his desire is toward me. Hallelujah. His desire. For the Marlowe, his desire is toward you. His desire is toward you, dear child of God, teenage boy, teenage girl. Jonathan James, you're just going, boy, you'd be some 12, your birthday? 12. You got saved a couple years ago. Got saved down there in that meeting. Not until this little 12-year-old boy that the Lord's desire is toward him. You know what I like? His desire is toward me and toward you. Hallelujah. That'll make her straighten up a little bit. That'll make us be able to square our shoulders back a little bit more. And we'll glory to God. His desires toward me. If we get to delight in ourselves in the Lord just right, the Bible said He'll grant us the desires of our heart. Whew. He may be doing it. We don't even know it. Because I believe if we got the right kind of heart, we're going to be desiring to be more like him. And he may be granting us our desires we don't even realize. Oh, I wish I had words. I wish I had the tongue of a... I wish I had a tongue of a flaming cherub. I wish I had the oratory ability of a Dr. R.G. Lee. I wish I had the mind of a Mr. Spurgeon. I wish I had an audience all the way around the world had the power of the Holy Ghost in such a way to portray, portray, portray the lover of our souls to a lost and dying world that they do <laughs> I got to quit that they do what they said in chapter 6 verse 1 she did a good job describing him didn't she brother A.J. chapter 6 verse 1 them girls said whither whither is thy beloved gone O thou fairest among women whether is thy beloved turned aside that we may seek him with thee. Glory to God, she done a good job describing him. They said, we're going to go with you, we're going to follow you, and we want to see him for ourselves. She said, I'll tell you where he's at. She said, he's gone down into his garden to the beds of spices to feed in the gardens and to gather lilies. Glory. Hallelujah. Mm, if I had that voice, old brother Ricks, I'd try to sing. That song said, I come into the garden alone while the dew is fresh on the roses. Praise God, hallelujah. Oh, that we could tell about him. Until the, the daughters of Jerusalem would say, I'm going to go with you and see this. You know what they do every now and then, don't you? They ain't all the fathers. They ain't all the coming. But there'll be one every now and then. The Holy Ghost will paint that picture of a test, taking a testimony taking your, your example as a Christ-like life and taking that song that you have and that gleam in your eye and in that 
that disposition in your valley and the preaching of the gospel and the Holy Ghost will say to them come along and go with us like old Moses said, come along and go with us I will do you good I'm glad one day I saw I'm glad one day I saw him and he comes said, hey it was in conviction now it was in conviction but I tell you he brought me to himself hmm We gotta quit. You give me so much liberty, I feel like my tongue's lost out here. I feel like I could clean my boots. <laughs> but I've had a time. There ain't nobody like it. Nobody. Some of you have been in some dark valleys. Dark times. We've been through wave after wave of assault. Sickness disease, all kinds of things. I believe in this meeting, God the Holy Ghost has helped some of us. We pulled out, we jumped, we've come out from behind some walls. We said, Lord, we won't hear you. Speak to us. And we by faith said, draw us. And he's been a drawing us. And by faith, some of us have been following after him. And we've come out from behind walls, Hallelujah. People through the lattice. Well, we better do something, Brother Ray. Give an invitation, sing a song. Do something. Call recess, Brother Mays. When it's, oh, Brother Mays Jackson was alive, you know what he'd say? Children, let's call recess and shout 30 minutes. And we'll come back in. all together lovely heavenly father we've not even scratched lord oh how i want to bow tonight lord and say we've not even scratched we've not even come close to skimming the surface tonight of how great thou art but i want to thank you tonight lord personally publicly tonight for coming by this way and granting unto this un Un, unprofitable servant Lord help in this meeting I thank thee Lord from the outset that you blessed and stirred in my heart and I want to thank you Lord that you blessed your people and there's been a measure of grace and there's been a measure of strength and only you know dear Lord through the radio ministry this week as brother Reno has faithfully labored Lord in sickness and in bodily travail Lord you've used this to help people unseen and I Lord we want to thank you for helping us collectively. I thank you for blessing this dear pastor this week. Lord, I've seen, as it were, through the eyes, Lord, of, of anointment. God, I've seen you've anointed my eyes to see. I've seen him rise up some, Lord. I've seen the man of God here be stirred, Lord. And I've seen other men of God get stirred, Lord. What a blessing tonight, Lord. It's, it's been a great desire in my heart to see men of God go away stirred. And I know, Lord, there'll be some sheep on Sunday morning. It's going to hear from heaven in a different way. Lord, because their shepherd's been stirred, they're, they're under shepherd. And I thank you for that. And I pray that you'd help those that have labored to see that this week, the ladies that have cooked, those that have cleaned the bathrooms, those that have worked in various means. May they see that others have went away encouraged. Thank you for this young man, Lord, that said he tasted and he's found the Lord. 
to be altogether lovely in salvation. And for the dear man in the hospital that got saved, oh, dear Lord, I thank you tonight that I saw you, Lord, as Brother Ted, as Brother Clower prayed tonight. I saw you, Lord. I sensed you, Lord, as he prayed. Oh, dear God, it was a, a going in the mulberry bush in my heart as that man of God prayed tonight. I want to praise you. Hallelujah. Lord, help us now. Thank you for these times of refreshing. That's what it feels like in my soul, Lord. It's been a time of refreshing, rekindling. Help us, Lord. We'll thank you now. Give Pastor Beard and wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen.